this is my review of the Rusty Clink Clank Diner. Softness of the pancake, nice. Definitely used oil instead of butter. The staff was friendly, but the fry cook was a little crusty. Maybe it's because I interrupted an honest break. Decor was definitely out of date. But hey, that's where the charm is. You feel like a local when you sit in a seat that squeaks and squishes. And the roof, very climbable. Service was fast, but let me tell you, the secret in this place is the milkshakes. Right, Seely? Oh, Lord. I'm talking chocolate out of this world. Whipped cream the size of your face. It was good to fill the tank up with some gas and talk to friends. I think I used up all my minutes, though. Gotta go, Dad. <clears throat> Detective Reynolds is here, and I don't trust him unsupervised. Wishing Star, here we come. Pearl. Hi. You are currently flying up in the air as the sun sets in the west. You are high up in the sky atop. All right, I'm flying. Atop. Atop the Neuvern of Detective Reynolds, uh, you all are up there and flying next to you are Lewis and Luca on Waldo the Ditto, who is currently transformed into the Charizard form that you have seen him take before. Uh, so as you all are flying up into the air, you are currently gaining altitude and you are flying over the southern edge of the Kanoko range looking to see what's up there and try to, you know, see if you can find this wishing star anywhere, or at least see where it might be. So as you are flying up the sky, what are you doing? What are you looking for? How are you going about this on okay. your joyride? Okay, detective, keep your eyes peeled, all right? All right, he says over the blustering winds. Do you know what we're looking for? Nope, nope, you didn't really tell me that. Oh, okay. We're looking for a wishing star. They're very rare. We have found an extremely important wishing star that will ex help our extremely important cause and help extremely important people come back. Okay, cool. Do um, you know what a wishing star is? No idea. Ha, you call yourself a detective. Care to enlighten me? Not yet. Fair enough. And he's continuing to uh, fly around. Go ahead and just, uh, is there anything in particular that you're like on the lookout for as you're flying above? Any kind of specific things you're looking out for or just trying to keep a general eye out? Oh, just like a centered point of brightness. Okay, go ahead and roll a perception check. That, you know, isn't a town. I am very perceptive. 23. 23, okay. So as you are flying up in the air and you're looking around, you do see uh, a few things. There are a few things that you note. First of all, uh, as you're flying over the southern edge of the Kanoko range, in the far distance, you can see Mount Kanoko far to the northwest. It is the tallest mountain of the region, and it is the sort of northernmost point, really, uh, of the Kanoko range. It's way, way far up, but you can still see it way off in the distance. You can also barely make out, with your 23, you can make out the, the barest shape of the Pokemon League to the east as it is tucked up in the Kanoko range as well on Mount Morel. You can see the shapes of it, some of the architecture, the background. You can't really get a lot of specifics, but you can definitely, you know, see where it is uh, and get an aerial idea of that. And you uh, can, I think as you're flying above, see sort of where uh, you come out of Victory Road and come into that uh, area. Beyond that, there's still more of 
the higher parts of the mountains in front of you, uh, as you can't really see what's beyond the mountains at this point. Here's one for all you musical theater nerds. Beyond, beyond. It sounds full of pokiness, doesn't it? It means wishing stars exist, doesn't it? Beyond. That's a deep, deep, deep musical theater reference for someone out there. So deep, in fact, that I don't know. Well, you know, I'm going to veil back the curtain here. There's a lot of musical theater references that I throw out on a regular basis that kind of just go whoop. That is true. But anyway, I know that one person's out there. That's for you. You cannot currently see beyond. No! What? <laughs> I can't do the whole reference that I can't see. <laughs> okay. It is hard to it is hard to make out. There is some fog and also just the night and the clouds and everything else uh, as you are going up in this late evening. You can't make out what is beyond the Kinoko range directly to the north. You can just sort of, because it is so big, you can see Mount Kinoko up to the northwest as it is the edge of the mountain range. But also with your 23, you are able to make out, you do note uh, that there is not a a shininess here or anything, any sort of uh, glittery, ooh, definitely wishing star, bingo, hey, uh, not that, but you do note that there is a what looks like a cliffside cave directly to the north of Parasol Village that seems to be fairly high up along a mountain. Uh, Just seems to pique your interest, but it does not seem like that is the spot that you're looking for. You also, with a 23 notice, as you are looking around, kind of poking your head over to one side and then adjusting and looking over the other side, you do notice that there is a bit of spandex under Detective Reynolds' sort of trench coat attire. Oh, no. That seems to be a similar sort of uh, color situation to match his Neuvern. What color is his Neuvern? It's that dark gray with those bits of teal and uh, purple. Oh, no. Okay, she she notes it. She doesn't say anything yet. Okay, doesn't look good over here, detective. Um, She would like to go kind of closer to when we saw it in the plains. What trajectory was that? It was to the east, so you can gather that it's probably somewhere in this kind of general zone, because uh, you can see, if you, if you look a little bit further to the east, just as you're looking across, like I said, you can see roughly where the Pokemon League is and everything. Luca! Yeah! Do you see anything? Not anything yet, I'm still looking around. Do you want to keep on, like, going further up in the mountains, or? Yeah, just further east. Cool. So you direct Detective Reynolds to keep on flying even higher up and to go a little bit further toward the east uh, so that maybe somewhere even further up along the mountain you can see if it has maybe crashed into the side or something or if it's just, you know, past some of the peaks that you're around at this moment. Sure. So as you keep on going around that way, uh, obviously you can still see uh, that you're getting a little bit closer to where actually the Pokemon League area is and a little bit to the south uh, below the mountain range, uh, there is also... Also, you can see uh, just a vague sort of sprinkling of uh, buildings and roads and things that you believe is probably Shimeji Town. Hi, Shimeji Town. 
but it's hard to make out too many specifics as it is getting dark. But as you are heading that way, up actually in some of the mountains, there's there's a bit of a, um, not a full-on valley, but there is, I guess, a depression, you know, where there is a bit of, you know, one peak, but then it kind of goes down before then rising up to another larger peak on the same sort of mountain. That name of that sort of geological thing is escaping me. It works for me. I'm terrible at geography. Not not quite. It's not a valley, but there is a sort of like crevice or or what have you. Canyon, maybe something like that. I'm so with you. (laughs) I I see it. A narrow sort of. I'm so with you that there's no need to describe it. Great. (laughs) It's one of those. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) But as you are looking around, you do note that it seems like the, it looks like there is something that seems to be uh, kind of bright, kind of sparkling in the air down there among the last of the sunlight as it is making its way across the horizon. Ooh, detective, weave around and circle this area for a little bit, okay? Okay, yeah, what, what am I looking for? Don't worry about it, you'll know it when you see it. Well, so, uh, where'd you grow up? What's, what's the deal with you? Are you an only child? I'm an only child. Really, I would have had no idea. As you are having this discussion... Don't make me push you off of this! <laughs> as you are having this discussion with Detective Reynolds, with your 23 perception as well, you do notice three shapes flying in the sky from another mountain peak seem to be zooming your direction. Detective? Yeah? Go the other way. Okay, uh, other way where? Go, just turn. All right, hold on. And he... <laughs> veers around with the Noivern uh, as then Luca and Lewis also follow around and then the Charizard flies forward to catch you and Luca says, what's going on? Get ready for a bumpy ride, folks. This is our normal. We got an incoming Raider Raider bogey bogey 300. As you are saying this, the three large flying shapes get closer and closer. As you look you see a large brown and tan feathered Pokemon with this sort of rooster's comb and this long, sharp beak. You've seen one of these before. You recognize it as a Fero. You also see a metallic glint in the air as another familiar shape comes closer, a Skarmory. And leading the pack, this large black and white Pokemon that seems to have one bit of large feathers uh, on the top of its head that come to a red point. This is not one that you have seen before. But as these Pokemon all fly towards you and let out their battle cries, roll initiative. All right. Welcome to just a typical day, detective. Time to see what you're really made of. All right. But again, just hold on. Oh, yeah. Give me some loop-de-loops. With initiative rolled as these large territorial bird Pokemon fly toward your group, the order will be... Detective Reynolds. Oh, cool. Luca and Lewis. You, and then the three bird Pokemon. We got this. So as we get into it, Detective Reynolds is up first, and as he tells you to hang on, he gives his Noivern a pat, and they go to do a evasive maneuver, trying to put y'all in an advantageous position to defend yourselves from whatever Pokemon fly your way on the offensive, as he is going to essentially take the dodge action for you all on the Noivern. As he takes those evasive maneuvers, he says, Hope you've got something that can deal with one of these. You and me both, detective. (laughs) This is what I like to call a classic sloppy joe. (laughs) 
as that's happening on the Noivern, you look across and you see Luca and Lewis. Uh, Lewis actually does a full loop with the Charizard as they hang on, and then it goes directly the opposite way of where they were going, heading straight for this group of birds, and the Charizard seems to be holding an action. Who is your active Pokemon right now? You know what? We're going to do Coconut because Coconut is resistant to flying type. Nice. So, Coconut is out of the Pokeball and there with you hanging on to the Noivern, not really putting any weight on it because he is able to just levitate there now, but he is uh, not quite as fast as the Noivern, so he is still hanging on. But he is not in as much danger of, you know, falling very, very far. As you look across the way, you see that Luca has let Mikey out of a Pokeball. Nice. All right, Coco, feel the rhythm, feel the vibe. Look out, man, it's Pokemon time. (laughs) It is then your turn. They are currently approaching. Is there anything that you want Coco to do that has like a long range or do you want him to hold an action? Oh, wait, I think we're going to do Thunder Wave. Thunder Wave? Yeah. All right, cool. On which one? Whoever's closest. Great. I think that the black and white and red one would be the closest, the one that you are not sure what it is, as it seems to be veering straight towards you while the other two have peeled off and are going toward Luca and Lewis. Cool. So con save. Natural 20. Wow. As this bird just does an aerobatic maneuver and completely dodges the electro waves of coconut. Can I do a scanning or no? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Pokedex. Come on, Pokedex. You scan this Pokemon with your Pokedex, and it says, Staraptor, the Predator Pokemon. This guy looks like he's going to beat me up. It has a savage nature. It will courageously challenge foes that are much larger. Ha! I get that. (laughs) I relate. Pearl, this is one of Pearl's first moments. She looks at the Pokedex and goes, good job, I think. So that was your turn then as you and Coco are hanging on on the Noivern. It is then the wild Pokemon's turn. As the Skarmory and Firo approach Luca and Lewis, Waldo the Ditto unleashes his held action, a flamethrower attack at the Skarmory. Pearl just yells, whoa! It's like some circus-like Jedi ninja stuff. Fire from the sky! <gasps> I said fire! To the sky, hit the fero, watch him fly. Well, I looked. Wow, I'm off on another parody train Gosh, today. You are, it's a little scary. You are deep into it. I don't know what's happening. The Skarmory 100% does not make the save for the flamethrower. That's right. And it's going to take a good amount of fire damage. That's right. Well, I heard you were Skarmory for the last time, last time. Big oof, big, big oof. The Skarmory takes 20 doubled to 40 super effective points of fire damage and is burned because it failed the save by five or more. It rolled a four. Woo, all right, Salvatore, I see you. Just throwing flame in the sky. That was very bad for that big metal bird. Ha! You don't get called a Pokemon League trainer for nothing. That was amazing. What you got, detective? You'll see soon enough. I'm just trying to keep you from getting attacked by whatever this thing is. Well, good. Keep it up. And Pearl would like to slap the spandex on his legs. Okay. To pull it and just go... (laughs) 
and let go? <laughs> you do. Okay. <laughs> it is then the Skarmory's turn who is going to, after taking that huge burn, actually pull straight up into the air and it actually goes up almost further than you can see into the darkness as it attempts to recoup for a moment. And then it is the Star Raptor's turn. I feel like I know what move it's trying to do. Ha 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 ha. From my very little experience of actually playing Pokemon games. The Star Raptor is then going to, on its turn, attempt to attack the Noivern with a quick attack and close combat. At disadvantage, though, because Detective Reynolds did use the dodge action. A 12 does not hit the Noivern, but an unnatural 20 does. Booyah! I was about to say, I shouldn't have touched his stretchy pants. His stretchy pants. okay. That is exactly what happens. He, he gets knocked off balance a little bit from the pulling of the stretchy pants, and the Staraptor comes in with its close combat attack. <laughs> As the Noivern takes 22, halved to 11, not very effective points of fighting damage from close combat. The Staraptor tried to come in and do a big, big hit to start off with, and it all, tries to like grapple with the Noivern in the sky. But with the Noivern's evasive maneuvers, it is not able to uh, be held down by the Staraptor and is able to push itself off and separate from it with its uh, feet uh, as it flaps its arms. But since it did hit Pearl, I need you to make a strength save. Ooh. You have advantage because Detective Reynolds is actively trying to keep you from falling off. Pearl notices that. Whoa! Ten. Ten? You are going to need to make a dexterity save on your turn. That is the Staraptor's turn as it has now gotten in close to the Noivern. It is then the Fero's turn who's going to go to attack the Charizard using pluck. That was a natural one, though. As it gets close to try to peck at the ditto, Mikey actually pops out of the ether (laughs) and goes to use hypnosis on it as it has gotten up in their grill. The bird didn't see that coming. With a nine, ho ho, as I realize some of the implications of Mikey's choice just then. Oh no. The Fero does fall asleep and begins to fall. Savage, Luca. (laughs) Savage. Savage. Savage, Luca. Pearl thinks to herself, (laughs) I'm not even that bad. That then takes us back to the top of initiative. Detective Reynolds is first up and is going to, uh, since the Staraptor is still close up and in y'all's grill, he shouts out, come on, Bruce, Dragon Pulse. Yeah, Bruce, don't buck me out. As a result of the Staraptor using close combat, Bruce has advantage. Coco will too. That is a 26 to hit. Booyah. It does hit. As the Staraptor takes 24 points of dragon damage. And that is Detective Reynolds' turn as the Star Raptor is knocked back a ways and Noivern is able to separate some. It is then Luca and Lewis's turn, who, since the Skarmory is currently out of sight and the Fero is currently uh, plummeting to the ground like a dart, just beak first, Lewis will use the dodge action with Charizard, being wary of whatever may come down from above. And Luca will use Dream Eater on Ooh, the Fero. I love that one. Before it starts falling too far out of range. <laughs> you think you know what flight is, but what if you just know what falling is? <laughs> that's his curse. <laughs> right? Because that's the one that needs a curse. 
Dream Eater is not. Curse is the curse. Uh, well, that makes sense. <laughs> if he wants to do a curse, that will be what he says. Or retroactively say yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's saying those things up into the air to the Skarmory, <laughs> who's not back yet. But meanwhile, he's, he is just going to uh, take a little brain slurp. Mmm, like a smoothie. Oh! Oh! Good rolls on those D12s. Yeah, 22 right. plus 4. 26 points of psychic damage to the Fero. We are crushing it. I'm doing nothing, but they are crushing it. It is then your turn, though. Go ahead and make that deck save. What you got? Decks for me? Uh, that's going to be a three. A three. Pearl, I think you get distracted watching what's going on over on the side. Oh, wait, all right. Come on, team. Let's go. Yeah, that's right, Mikey. Whoa, do another fire thing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And as the Noivern is buffeted by the contact with the Staraptor and boom, another wave of this dragon pulse energy, uh, you just lose your grip. Pearl, you begin to fall. <gasps> And she doesn't scream. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's a moment where like you, your eyes go wide and you're just like, oh, she loses her breath. Yep. Yeah. You do as you begin to be in free fall. Mm-hmm. What do you slash coconut do on your turn though? I think, oh, can we change it a little bit? Sure. Can she say, okay, Coco, our turn to shine. Let's do Thunderbolt. And that's when she... Yeah, you like, you're, you're used to being able to like put your hands up and like point yeah, and stuff and like do fist pump and you go to do that and that's when you lose your grip. Thunderbolt! Thunderbolt! Yeah. And and she kind of loses her, her breath because she realizes <gasps> that she's falling and um, Coconut got the command to do Thunderbolt but doesn't follow through and tries to catch her. Okay, cool. So go ahead and make a dexterity check for Coco then. 14. 14? It's not a dex save, is it? No, it's just a it's just a dex check. But with a 14, since you were just right there, uh, that'll be Coconut's action. Instead of using the Thunderbolt, goes out and <laughs> grabs you and hoists you back up <gasps> under the Noivern. Thanks, Coco. Well, Rocky. Okay. Um, 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 uh, quick attack. Okay. Feels a little off. Should we do quick attack, then Thunderbolt? He already used his action, so if he wants to, like, once he is gets you back on there and is safe, go after it with the quick attack. I think that makes sense. Okay, quick attack. All right, roll to hit. Advantage because of the close combat. Nat 20. Nat 20 will hit, obviously. Um, four. Four doubled to eight. Plus one. Plus one. Nine points of damage to the Star Raptor from quick attack. Thanks, Coco. And she just holds on to him real tight. As he was very concerned about yeah, you for a second there. He was not having it. Yeah. But that is your turn then. It is then the Skarmory's turn as there is a little glint of light from the metal as it comes down from the sky and goes to attack Charizard. Mayday, mayday. Everybody duck and cover. Ooh, even with disadvantage, that is going to be a 21 to hit with fly low rolls on the damage for fly and since it is burned its melee attacks deal half their normal amount of damage so it does nine points halved to five to the charizard 
as it just barely skims it as Lewis is able to maneuver out of the way and he and Luca hang on tight. That is the Skarmory's turn. It is then Star Raptor's turn, who is not going to sail out as much with the close combat, seeing that it did not seem to be very effective, and it is instead going to go for quick attack and aerial ace on Noivern. Aerial ace. Sounds like something you'd learn at Top Gun. Oh, wow. Okay. A natural 20 and a natural 15. Whoa, uh, what so, is up with these nat 20? I know, right? Well, a good thing the natural 20 was only on the quick attack and oh. not the aerial ace. Oh. He really did well in school, though. Yeah. Seven, double to 14, plus two. 16 points of normal damage to Noivern from the quick attack and then aerial ace. Just kidding. It automatically hits. So it, it would have anyway, but now we know it really hits. Oh, wow. <laughs> for an extra 13 points of damage. So 16 plus 13, 29 points of damage as I need you to make another strength save to hold on. 14. 14 is enough for you to hang on, uh, especially I think knowing what's coming this time and seeing the attack uh, on its way, you are able to sort of tighten your grip on both the Noivern and Detective Reynolds as boom, boom, these two attacks come in hard and really uh, get a good hit in on the Noivern, but you are able to hold on tight. It's okay, Noivy. You can do it. You just hear this bat shriek. Oh, gross. <laughs> I'm not going to make our listeners suffer through that one. No, thank you. <laughs> it is in the Fero's turn. Let's see if it wakes up. Nah. Whoa, 14. Guten Morgen. The Fero, as it is falling to the ground, it had like it was just in a straight dive bomb as it had so fallen asleep. So weird. And then it just goes limp as it is unconscious in the air. Uh, and I think that as its body just completely starts to lose control, that is the moment where it wakes up and then it is able to kind of sweep itself back up, right itself and come back up toward the flying Charizard. Real lucky on its part, though, as it goes to try to pluck again. 16 and a 17. Yep. Even with disadvantage hits. Boy, that bird's got a lot of pluck. 13 points of damage to the Charizard. Chari. Which is really a ditto. Not ditto. And with that, Luca does need to make a strength save to stay on. Hang on, Luca. Luca appears to be losing his grip some. That is their turn, though, and that brings us back up to the top with the detective, who I think just shouts back, feeling that you were not there for a second. He says, Pearl, are you all right? I'm doing good. You stay focused. All right, I'm just going to try to keep away from it. You, you get on the attack. You get on the offensive. Okay. And on his turn, he is going to just use the dodge action to try to uh, keep the Star Raptor from being able to hit y'all. As he says, you just got to hang on, but I'll keep it from trying to hit us the best I can. That is his turn. Then Luca and Lewis, now that the Skarmory is back in their zone, Charizard is going to use another flamethrower attack. That was a four on the save. Oh, oh, 34. Yeah, yo. Double to 68. That's how we roll Salvatore style. Uh, 68 points of uh, fire damage. Super effective on this Skarmory as it is absolutely roasted. Uh, you just see it is an unbelievable bout of flame that comes out of the mouth of this ditto Charizard. Uh, you just see the beady black eyes, motionless, lifeless, as just... This massive flame burst just completely engulfs this metallic bird. Barbecue, anyone? As it goes to fly away, defeated, KO'd. Goodbye! Luke is going to throw a Pokeball just for the heck of it. 
as Luca does not get anywhere near that DC, especially with the disadvantage of it being KO'd. That's Lewis's turn. Then Luca is actually going to, as Mikey is just sort of flying along beside them, this just ghostly. <laughs> looks at the Fero coming up back toward them as it has uh, gone to attack and has managed to hit them. First of all, Luca's got to, uh, let's see. he's got to try to stand here. Hang on. He's got to make his deck safe. Oh, no, Luca starts to fall. And so uh, ah! Mikey is currently distracted from uh, his, uh, it seems as though he was finally going to lay his dreadful curse on this Fero, but instead he sees that Luca's in trouble. And then I think in probably the most helpful moment that you've seen Mikey actually be so far, <laughs> he goes to catch Luca as he starts to fall and places him back upon the Charizard. That was way too much. <laughs> it is then your turn, Pearl. Luca! You yeah. okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I fell off too for a second. Cool. I don't like it. Okay, Coconut. Quick attack and Thunder Pulp. This time we mean it. Alright, go ahead and roll to hit. 16 plus 8 for quick attack. Hits. 19 plus 8 for Thunderbolt. Also hits. Great. We're making progress. We're showing ourselves in this fight for what? Sky battle. Sky, sky, sky battle. 18 points of damage. 18 double to 36 points of super effective electric damage. There you go, Coco. Ratchie. And then quick attack is two points. Two points from quick attack. As he just gets in a little extra slap after the Thunderbolt. <laughs> that is your turn then. It is now, well, it would be the Skarmory's turn, but it got roasted and is flying away in defeat, so it's not its turn. It's actually the Star Raptor's turn. <laughs> you know I love to see that float. See that float. I'm a Ratchu. I love to see that float. See that float. I'm a Ratchu. I love to see that float. See that float. I'm a Ratchu. So cuddly and soft little Ratchu coconut. Oh. With that, it is then the Star Raptor's turn, who, after taking that large amount of electric damage, is surveying the situation and trying to figure its best way to win, as it seems to be a very territorial bird. It looks to the Noivern, who seems to be still in very good condition, and the Star Raptor uses Endeavor. Ooh, that's a cool name. Noivern has to make a wisdom save, and on a failure, it'll be reduced to HP that equals Star Raptors. Oh, that's messed up. Come on, Bessie. Make that save. Good thing it got a 17. It Ooh. does not lose a lot of hit points. Yeah, buddy. As Star Raptor goes to, again, just come in with a big attack with just its talons to try to just scrape and scratch at the Noivern and uh, get it in a grapple to just kind of wrench it out of the sky. But Noivern is able to avoid the attack. Yeet! Sufficiently yeets this large bird. It is then Firo's turn, who is going to try... <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah. What's I gonna do? What's I gonna do? It's going to use mirror move as if you look over to the side where the Salvatores are flying on Waldo a strange sight as the Firo opens its beak and you see a bit of flame just charging up in it as it shoots a flamethrower um I'm sorry what using mirror move lame but so cool Waldo and Mikey both make their saves but since it's everything in a line, let's see if Luca and Lewis make their saves. Oh. Luca does, Lewis does not. <gasps> oh no. 
as that is 26 points of fire damage, halved to 13 for Luca and Mikey, and then halved again to seven for Waldo. Score. But the full 26 on Lewis, as he is engulfed in the flame, as they both uh, are completely just in the line of fire of this flamethrower from the Fero as it is maneuvered around and used mirror move. It is shocking to see that Lewis still looks fine. He like pats out a bit of, you know, ember that's on his shoulder, puts a bit of it out and he looks he looks charred and smoky and like that wasn't fun, but that should hurt a lot. <laughs> Whoa. Louie. But that is the Fero's turn which then brings us back up to the top. Detective Reynolds once again is going to use the dodge action. All right, dodge and weave there, Detective Classic. Go ahead and make an insight check, Pearl. 14. With a 14, you're not really able to tell if he's scared or not. I mean, from the sound of his voice, it seems like this is definitely a stressful situation. But the main thing that you realize with your insight is that something about these aerobatic maneuvers that this Neuvern is making feel familiar to you. Familiar? Yeah. How? From where? Good question. But that is his turn. It's then Luca and Lewis's turn. What's your deal, dude? <laughs> As they take the flamethrower, you see that just there is some like strange, just glowing blue and green energy, almost like flame on one of the claws of Waldo the Ditto as it goes to strike out at the Fero, uh, trying to scratch it as it whizzes past it in the air. 26 to hit as the Fero takes 17 points of dragon damage from the Charizard's dragon claw. Dragon claw! Available in source now. Ba-da-bum! I love it. No, 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 no. Dragon Claws! Explosion fireworks! <laughs> Suitable for children under. I don't know. <laughs> Suitable for all children. Suitable for all children. Dragon. Dragon Claw. Get your claws today! We'll sell you the whole claw, but you'll only need the edge. Thank you. That's more like it. <laughs> it is your turn. Ah! Detective, are you afraid? And then she wants to do Thunderbolt again okay. and quick attack. <laughs> Roll the hit. 18 plus 8. Ah, oh, quick attack misses. Uh, 13. 13 does miss. But the one that you really want to yeah. hit hits. 26 points of damage. 26 doubled to 52 points of damage. How does Coco KO the Star Raptor? I want Coco to just go to the detective really quick after it misses quick attack. Pat him on the shoulder, go in his language, says, It's okay, you don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be afraid. Watchy, watchy. And then just go, cacao. <laughs> and just this unbelievable, just crack of lightning through the sky, which makes direct contact with the star after. As again, uh, much like the Fero, it begins to fall for a moment, just like a, a complete mess of feathers as it is falling to the ground and it eventually begins to catch itself and tries to fly away, smoking. Ha ha! Alrighty, we got a rotisserie now! <laughs> now it's time for the well, we did barbecue, we did rotisserie. Now it's time for the fried. As that bird is sufficiently fried, it flies away off back toward its nest. You have defeated the territorial bird Pokemon, and it is oh, wait, quiet in the air once more. 
By that, I mean you've defeated your territorial bird Pokemon. The Fero, however, is still around. Yeah, that's right. That's the one who's going to be turning into a KFC bucket. <laughs> As that is your turn, the Staraptor is flying away. You didn't want to throw any kind of ball or anything no, at it, I'm did good. you? Great. I didn't think so. Just wanted to ask. Appreciate you. But with that, it is then the Fero's turn, who is going to use Fury Attack as it goes to attack the Charizard, as it is uh, on its last legs, uh, but just still trying to peck away, peck away, try to do something as this, this should not be in my house. That was a three though. It's in really bad shape. Yeah. <laughs> that then takes us back to the top. Uh, Detective Reynolds says, do we need to go over there and help or you think they got it? Let's help. All right, and he goes over. Uh, Noivern starts <sighs> speeding over that way and he is using his movement and action to continue to evade using the dodge action, trying to help set you up for an attack if they do not finish it off on their turn. On their turn, Charizard, uh, you see with the other claw now, the one had the, you know, sort of blue and green sort of flaming energy. This one has a sort of shadow energy coming off of it as it goes to use Shadow Claw. Shadow Claw! Available in stores now. See if you can find it, then you can buy it. 19 hits. Ah, found it. As 21 points of ghost damage does in fact KO the Fero. They're coming toward each other, you know, head to head, beak to snout, as uh, it seems like they are just on a collision course as the Fero is coming in to try to, you know, go for a fury attack while the Charizard is flying forth with this shadowy energy on the claw. At the last second, you see Lewis just pull the Charizard to one side as they maneuver out of the sharp beak of the Fero, and he just scrapes the claw against the underside of the Fero, taking some feathers with it as it lets out a and falls for a second before catching itself and flying away once more, following the others away. Now for real this time, it's quieter in the air as you hear just their pain in the distance. Whoa. And me, I'm fly up to the Salvatories. Way to go, Salvatories. Wow, that was impressive, you guys. Uh, you too. That I, We saw that thunderbolt. That was huge. Luca? Yeah. You might want to change that shirt. Looks like you sweated through it. <laughs> yeah, I probably did. I probably did. Oh, Detective here didn't do too bad, and she slaps the spandex one more time. Hey, oh, hey, thanks. Could you not do that? I'm just saying, why are you not being your true self? I, I'm sure I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, hey, did you see anything below before that? That was a lot. But anyway, did you notice something on the ground, it seemed like? What was that? Oh, yeah. Well, okay. Well, stop rushing me. Um, just when I think you're extremely loyal, now I'm distrusting you all over again. Why are you so antsy? Can we just enjoy this beautiful night while we fly? Life's too short, man. That's the problem. Gotta enjoy it while it lasts. You know, you're absolutely right. Oh, hey, Louie, by the way, I did see a film, something that I saw, thought was the wishing star down below. Oh, really? Well, we should we should go down there then. Yeah, let's go. And she slaps the spandex one more time at the detective. I just said that. I just said that we should do that. And he just flies down with the Neuvern. I didn't want to rush over there immediately because I was worried that if somebody was steering the birds on top of them. Like if someone's poke, if those bird Pokemons were somebody like Team Yasi or something, and they were following us, Detective. Gosh. Sure, it's sure. Not my first rodeo. I know it's not. Hey. Yeah. I know you said you've been like following us and knowing us and all this stuff. Were you at the air show? Make 
persuasion check. Natural 20. Spill <laughs> the beans. I want those beans fresh from a can. Adam approved beans. Spill them. <laughs> As you all are sort of leisurely making your way down, uh, you see, again, this uh, glowing sort of sparkling in this crevice below. And as you all are heading down toward that, uh, he tells you, really should have taken that suit off before we before we hopped on the Neumann. That was, uh, that one's on me. That one's on me. I might have been at the air show. Yeah, obviously I know that. I... Was kind of hoping that if you didn't notice for this long, that maybe you wouldn't notice at all. But I guess here we are. I'm very Especially perceptive. since we did uh, stand together in the uh, uh, winner's circle. It's fine. What? Yeah, because he placed in the uh, the large uh, aerodynamics. <laughs> Remember? Oh, why are you being so weird about it? Well, I was, I was, I was undercover, and um, now you now you know about my other identity. I guess. Wait, were N- you undercover Batman. because you had to? F- Wait, I'm sorry. What? Well, that was what my... What? <laughs> what? What did you just say? Stop the bat. Stop the bat right now. What? The bat makes the <laughs> sound of the air. <laughs> oh. I'm Noi Batman. <laughs> Sarah's face, I, I can't tell if it's it, just pure disappointment or what emotion is happening on her face right now. Sure you are. <laughs> she says. <laughs> um, so you like just do the air shows or do you defeat criminals in the night <laughs> as well? You know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Oh my gosh, Jonah. <laughs> this has gone too far. We've melted so many worlds together. Oh, <laughs> I can barely handle this. He says, look, I mean, okay, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Yes, yeah, spill the beans. I'm not like I was born yesterday or anything. Okay, so, oh, jeez, all right. Uh, he's he's let Luca and Lewis kind of just go ahead a little bit so that they don't exactly hear what's being said right now. Yeah, Noi Batman, yeah. <sighs> yeah, so listen, all right, so... Typically, I don't, I don't uh, wear that out in public. I mean, well, it started off; it was just a flight suit for when I, you know, I'm trying to get somewhere quick on, you know, sure. Bruce here. I've known many a wetsuit. Yeah, so you know, it, it started off as that, but then, you know, I ended up getting into some, you know, some scrapes here and there with, you know, Team Nasty among others, you know, in different places. And uh, well, it was better for them to see me as noy batman than uh than me myself detective reynolds because obviously that would that wouldn't you know be uh super ideal for them to know who i actually was so uh i, I did that kind of on and off if i ever came face to face with any of them so they wouldn't know it was me and then uh well i also didn't want you to see my real face when i was uh kind of trailing y'all a little bit after the air show uh following the whole uh bridge incident, so I figured since nobody else had really seen me in that yet, 
that I could, uh, you know, oh, the boy, the more I sound, just the, the more, the more, the more I say these things, the more I realize the, the hole that I've kind of dug myself into here. I actually think it's pretty cool. Yeah? Yeah. What I don't get is why are you, why now? Why did you decide to reveal yourself now? That's what makes me not want to trust you. What, just as as myself or as my my uh, superhero alter ego? Not really superhero alter ego. Oh, I mean, no, believe I kinda, me, it's kinda... definitely a superhero alter ego, and that part I get crystal clear. <laughs> but no, why, why now take a chance on connecting? Why not just follow us some more? I just don't get why now. Well, honestly, um, you know, all the scrapes that you've had thus far seemed like it was you getting yourself into uh, whatever kind of shenanigans with Nasty, uh, you know, finding I'm yourself. I'm getting myself into them? They hound dog me. Well, in some cases, yes. In other cases, no. I think that you just, well, you kind of just tend to bump into them. But for the most part, you've just bumped into the grunts, you know? Okay. But after, uh, well, after the boss sent some of his Pokemon after the two of you with the grunts and there were other kids in danger, I just, I, I just, I got, I got worried about the two of you and I just figured you might as well know that there's somebody who's, you know, on your side. Second question. All right. Do you have a Noi Bobbin? What? A Noi Bobbin. A Noi. A Noi Batman with a Noi Bobbin. Hmm. I don't know you about a know that sidekick you always need? Well, I feel like... By your side? Well, I feel like, I don't what know... What happens the, if something happens to you? Well, I don't know. I feel like only one person should have the kind of bat thing going. But, I mean, if... I mean, if they're... Well, first of all, it's way too dangerous for anybody else to do this kind of thing. I've got friends. I've got some great friends who would love to apply for that position. But if there was maybe, like... Maybe if they had just a different sort of bird Pokemon theme instead of, like, the bat... Maybe that could work aesthetically. Okay. But again, it's... I, I, you so know. what you're saying is you'd like me to start submitting applications and sending you references, and yeah, yeah, I'll send you some applicants. Now, are, is that yeah. a fancy way of saying that... Is this like a, oh, my friend said this, but it's it's you saying this? Are you oh, trying no, to... Oh, no, I'm definitely not applying this. I am my own superhero. I'm sorry, I can't be your sidekick. Okay. I've really worked hard to be a strong... Ten-year-old powerhouse, so can't really hop in. But mm. again, I've got some great friends. You know, I have a friend who has a Rattata. He's on the highest percentile. Really? Yeah. Of Rattata? They always say that, but this one is the legit. I don't know that that's exactly. Well, first of oh, all, I don't we'll really want to find wanna... you one. We'll find you I one. I don't want to loop a child into no, fighting. No, no, they're helping you. You're missing stuff. You're obviously missing stuff. I think we should table this for now. Nope. Oh, look, the star. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'll get you your first applicant as soon as I can. Have you met the Lake Boys? Don't know who that is. Oh, wow. I have so many great applicants. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, no, I am my own superhero. So, you know, I don't have bad tights and everything. But I mean, the sailor's outfit's pretty cute. A quiet order <laughs> is heard. <laughs> From in the Pokeball. Yeah. <laughs>
Hello, friends. Jonah here to say thank you for listening to Postcards from Pearl. I'd like to take a moment to tell you about our amazing partner, Dice Envy. This week, check out their Hinterland collection, their line of wooden dice. Carved from the sacred hardwood of the druidic trees of the Hinterlands, these wooden polyhedral dice hold both tremendous beauty and the arcane power to craft stories that will be remembered for a lifetime. What stories will you dare to tell with them? If you're looking to add to your dice hoard, you can get 10% off of your purchase at Dice Envy by going to DiceEnvy.com QuestCo or by using promo code QuestCo at checkout. That's Q-U-E-S-T-C-O for 10% off of your entire order. If you're a fan of what we do here at Quest Company Jr. and you would like to give us a boost, please head over to our page on that Apple Podcast app or wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave us a rating and review. It's a huge help to us and we read every single review that comes in. And if you really love what we do here at Quest Company Jr. and you would like to take that next step in supporting us, please consider becoming a Patreon subscriber. For as little as $2 a month, you can help us with necessary expenses, help us continue to improve the quality of the show, and get access to exclusive content and patron rewards. If you'd like to give us that support, you could do so at patreon.com slash questcompanypodcast. You can find the link to the Patreon on our website, questcompanyjunior.com. If you'd like to contact us, you could do so directly through our website or by finding us on Instagram and Twitter at Junior. You can also come hang out with us in our Quest Code Discord. The link to that is on our website and Twitter. We know that word of mouth is the best way to get people listening to new podcasts, and that's especially true for independent shows like ours. So we would love to see you posting about the podcast and telling your friends about us. If we see you tweeting about the show or posting fan art using hashtag QuestCodeJunior or hashtag PostcardsFromPearl, you just might get a character named after you on the show. And if you've got fan art of the podcast that you want to share, just make sure when you post it to tag us so that we can see it. Speaking of fan art, we've gotten some more incredible art sent to us since our last episode. Thank you to Kate at Grand Creation over on Twitter for a bunch of awesome pieces. She's been listening back to early episodes, and we've been getting all nostalgic over Coconut and Fanta back when they were just a little Pichu and a Torchic. <gasps> Thank you to Swimmer Blake at Sleepy Sandshrew on Twitter for the fabulous art of Waldo the Ditto as a Charizard. And thank you to River for the lovely pixel art of Seely and Coco eating some ice cream. If you haven't seen all of those, go check out our Instagram and Twitter where we will be sharing them or on the fan art page of the website where we've got a gallery of all the art that people have sent us. Quest Company Jr. is a proud member of Podicon Go, a group of independent podcasts supporting high quality content that's fun for the whole family. Podicon Go is your reliable corner of the internet for the kind of podcasts that everyone can enjoy, with shows ranging from animal facts to stories to audio dramas to RPG actual plays and more. Check them out at podicongo.com. This week, we want to highlight the Cambridge for Kids podcast. You'll hear their promo at the end of these announcements. I'd like to take a moment to thank all of the amazing artists whose music is featured in this episode. Thank you to Foolboy Media for the song Video Game Land. Thanks to Thunderthuin for the song Flugel Rock. 
Thanks to I Know Keskitalo and Tubers McGee for the song Kaikaluatan. Thank you to Mike Audio for the song Polygons Are Inaccurate. Thank you to Midi for the song Cleaning Out Axis. Thanks to Aaron Kenny for the Black Cat. Thank you to Jamphibius for chilling with the bros. Thank you to Braxton Burks and Materia Collective for Battle Wild Pokemon and Battle Gym Leader Hoenn versions and the Road to Fall Arbor Town. Thank you to Glitch X City for Pokemon Tower Remix version 2 and Hoenn Root 113 remix. Thank you to Protodome for On the Origin of Species and thank you to TabletopAudio.com for providing the ambient sounds. That's all for me. So let's get back to see if our heroes can finally find this wishing star. Thank you for joining us here at Quest Company Jr. Hello, I'm Matthew John Brooks, archaeologist and host of Cambridge for Kids History Podcasts. Whilst in lockdown, I have created a series of historical podcasts for kids and the whole family to enjoy. Every episode is a snappy, bite-sized treasure trove of information and all under 10 minutes per episode. In this first season, we take a barge through ancient Egypt, walk the marble temples of ancient Greece, march the provinces with the Roman legions, stare in awe at the seven wonders of the ancient world, and stomp around with ferocious dinosaurs. If that sounds like fun, let's go time traveling. It's educational, it's engaging, and it's entertaining. Perfect brain food in these strange times. So you all finally at the end of that conversation <laughs> with your natural 20 girls <laughs> pulling that out of them. Fun fact, I loved Batman as a kid. Uh-huh. Me and my cousin would watch all the old school Batman cartoons and we just thought it was so fun. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Oh, so good. Absolutely. The old Batman the animated series. Yes, is like exactly. Classic. We watched it like crazy. As you should. Thank you. But as you all find yourselves in this uh, sort of crevice in the mountains, uh, you land, and as you uh, come down and feed on the ground once more, probably feels pretty good, you uh, look around a little bit, and you do note that there are these just sort of like sparkle. It's almost like there's just bits of glitter floating in the air almost that seem to have their own bit of just natural light uh, emitting from them. Don't you change your fate? I'm sorry, What? Don't you wish you could change your fate? I'm sorry, I I, I don't think the that fates. I'm. What? Anybody else now? What I'm talking about? Do you know what I'm talking about? Or you just think I Jonah do. Okay, 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 great. That's all. It's an outer body experience. Pro six. Oh. <laughs> Mikey comes out of you. <laughs> don't you wish you could change your fate? Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, there are these bits of just, like, glowing glitter that are floating in the air. And as you land, you also note that there is a, a hole in the ground. Oh. Almost looks like on the surface, you know, on the top sort of level, there is a kind of crater thing that has happened. But then at the bottom of the crater, it almost looks like it has, like, whether it was melted, burned through, or the impact just drove even further down from the crater itself. At the bottom of this sort of, you know, large bowl, there is like a small hole that seems to go even further, and you do see a faint glow coming from underground. Ready for this, Noi Batman? Bing ducks one more time, and she starts to climb down. As you start to climb down, Luca is very close after you, uh, but Lewis and Detective Reynolds are actually standing at the top, and they say, um, so here's the thing. We're adult-sized. Ha-ha! <laughs> Perfect! So, um, yeah, so we... She uh, chucks a rope at them. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll just hold on to this here for you, then. tying it to her waist. <laughs> you stay safe, but we, yeah, we cannot, we cannot fit down there. Perfect! Just as we've needed you. Yep, just to hold on. Nice, and I like to imagine Lucas throwing a rope to his dad. Yeah. 100%. But so you all get your, your tie lines all set, and uh, they say, yeah, well, you you be safe. What? Wh- also, wait, what exactly? What? Ho- hold on. Actually, hold on. What? Uh, this is why we don't hang around adults all the time, Luca. Because we have questions? No, like, you just, oh, my gosh. They just don't get it. I mean, they've had how many episodes to ask questions about what we're doing, and now they're asking questions? I just don't get it. You know, they, it really seems like if somebody was trying to, you know, figure out when to ask questions, like if there was one person who was trying to pace out the flow of information in the game and things like that, you would really think that they would, you know, be more on top of things, really. Just trust us, guys. We got to get the wishing star. It's got to be down here. This is a good sign. And she, like, meant, you know, references all the glitter in the air. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Well, you just um, d- try not to die. I yeah, suppose. totally. That's right. our goal normally, Good. every day. Lo- love to hear that. Love to hear that you're trying not to die. Yep. All right. Bye, Dad. <laughs> and you all make your way down into this hole. As you all make your way down into this hole in the bottom of this crater trying to find this wishing star. Uh, It is quite cramped as you're making your way down and it's almost like you're just kind of having to scoot yourself in because it's at enough of an angle that it's not just a straight drop down but there's definitely not enough room for you to like stand up as you're going in there or to even like go hands and knees. You gotta like wiggle your way down in there. Oh that's hard for me. Not for Pearl but it's hard for me. It's claustrophobic. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. As you are making your way down, though, it is strange that there still seems to be this sort of glitter in the air that does have this glow to it. Just <gasps> has a, a natural light. Pause. Uh, yes. One of my actual favorite songs, guys, in the world is Glitter in the Air by Pink. It's really good if you haven't listened to it. Okay, keep going. There you go. Uh, so you make your way further and further down, and as you are finally able to come into a space where it seems like uh, it widens out some, you do find yourself in more of a cavern. You do at the bottom as you hop out uh, of kind of the wall uh, a little bit. It's uh, a bit of a higher point on the wall, so you've got to jump down a little bit. Go ahead and make a dexterity check just to get on the floor without falling because it's coming down at an angle. So it's like not quite coming from the ceiling, but you still got to be very careful to try to get down. 16. 16, you are able to get down no problem. As you hop out and Luca hops out after you, dust himself off some, 
Go ahead and give me a perception check. 13. 13. As you are looking around in here, you uh, are able to tell that in this bit of cavern that you are in, it does seem like there are just kind of some other tunnels and stuff throughout. But you do note that where there is this bit of uh, glimmering, glittering uh, particles in the air, you do manage to take note of which tunnel they seem to kind of be going down because as you're uh, looking down it seems like there is a spot in the ground where it finally stopped and made contact but it is not there currently oh that's weird but you are able to tell that there is glitter down a certain hallway but with your perception check you can make a survival check if you want to try to discern anything else but with your perception you note that it seems like it was here but now it's not here I definitely want to do that survival check 11 11 With an 11, it seems as though there has been uh, a bit of movement on the uh, gravelly, dirty stone floor, but you are not able to make out uh, what, if any, specific footprints may have come in and out of here. I don't like this, Luca. The star should be, like, right here. Yeah, no, it looks like it would have had to have moved. Okay, I I think it went down this way. All right, uh, how do we want to go? I guess we'll go sneaky. All right, cool, we'll we'll try to do that. Okay. Oh, wow, two. It's a stealth roll, isn't it? <laughs> the sass you just gave me. It's technically a three. So a three? Gotcha. Luca rolled an 11, so also not his hottest. I think that the issue is that it is still quite well lit in here, even though you're underground with these glowing particles, you know, kind of floating in the air. It is hard to actually have a place to, you know, slink in the shadows or anything like that. Yeah, and there's not a whole lot of room. Right, exactly. I think I'll switch to fettuccine because it's so tight in here. Give us a little more room. Ooh, okay. Because fettuccine's so slinky. Yeah, fettuccine's used to being in tight spaces and also being uh, underground. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a little different than what fettuccine's used to in the sense that this is, um, no water. Uh, you know, not not an underwater tunnel. But with a, <laughs> the little dragony noodle comes out. Oh, got a little more elbow room. <laughs> and is slinking along beside you. Meanwhile, Mikey just has become the shadows. Love. As Luca's shadow walks along the wall, you just see within his shadow on his face like the eyes and mouth of Mikey. (laughs) Horrifying image that you just said. That's a lot for me to take in. Yep. <laughs> like, you know, the Peter Pan's shadow no, kind of exactly thing? I know exactly what you mean. Let's keep walking. Yeah, Mikey, Mikey's no. doing a whole Peter Pan's shadow no. kind of thing right now. I'm literally scared of my shadow right now. <laughs> oh. But with your stealth rolls, you're essentially just walking along. We watched Robin Hood last night, guys. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> But as you are making your way along, you are in these tunnels, and it is widened out enough that you're able to walk now. Uh, once you got into that cavern and there were some more tunnels and everything, it's it's not as tight of a squeeze, uh, but it is still not you know super, super wide by any means. But further down in this tunnel, as you are making your way along uh, with your very high passive perception, as you are making your way along, you do start to hear the sounds of a struggle up ahead. I want to listen to it just for a second. As you are listening, you hear just the sounds of, like, rock against rock and and other cries and uh, attacks and things. Uh, you hear a seemingly a flame and the skittering of little feet up ahead. And it sounds like just Pokemon. There's no voices? There are no voices. Okay, great. Then I feel fine. 
I mean, the Pokemon and me, we get along. And if we don't, we, we sort that out pretty quickly. <laughs> Uh, but you continue going along your way then? Yes. Nice. As you keep on going, keep on going, the sounds of this uh, battle, it sounds like, get louder and louder as you approach. And then as you round a corner, up ahead, you see the first thing that catches your eye uh, as everything else around it seems to be just dimmed in a way that you uh, almost just see the silhouettes of things, uh, shadowy silhouettes in the light coming off of this bright, bright object in the middle of the hallway. Uh, but floating around it, you see uh, what seem like the silhouettes of a sun and moon, and then additionally scurrying around them and uh, attacking them as they seem to be trying to defend this thing. You see two small, shadowy, just like, almost like little goblin-y shaped things scurrying around in the shadows. But I see the wishing star? You do see the wishing star. It seems as though there is a fight happening over the wishing star right now. No! And as you round the corner, one of the little goblin-y things <laughs> turns around and sees you. Roll initiative. Hi, I need that star! With initiative rolled, the order will be the sun and moon-looking creatures, then the goblin-y-looking creatures. I don't like that. I don't know what these things are. Then Pearl, then Luca. Oh, no, they rolled high. Yes, they did. We walked up in that battle, and they said, uh, what are you doing here? <laughs> so, first off, the sun, as you all are approaching, and the two creatures seem to be uh, distracted by you two for the moment, you just feel a wave of psychic energy emit from this sun Pokemon, and I need everybody the two goblin-y looking things along with Fettuccini and Mikey to make wisdom saves. 14. 14. The two goblins rolled a uh, three and a four and Mikey rolled a 17. Nice job, Mikey. As this psi wave just shoots forward and uh, just you just hear like a, just a piercing, like just that high pitched in your ear, uh, but it's like Don't also kind of warbling. I'm not going to put it in there because that's awful. Yeah, it uh, is a nightmare. But just imagine that really, really warbly high pitched sound. I know it well. But the DC was 14, so oh. Fettuccini is not confused. Great. The sun does that as the moon then just shoots out just a blast of this, like, glowing light blue energy. It seems to be a crescent moon, it looks like, in the silhouette as it shoots out this beam of energy at one of the uh, goblins that is running towards you. The goblins, however, do seem to be very nimble as it... Skitters away into the shadows as they are making their way toward you all. It is then the two goblin Pokemon's turn. One of them goes to uh, try and hide itself uh, just behind a rock as it just scopes you out for a moment. I need Fettuccini to make a wisdom save. All right, not shabby. 19. 19. Fettuccini's like, I'm in a home. <laughs> the foresight does not work on Fettuccini, so this small purple goblin-looking thing will not get a bonus on attacks moving forward against it. The other goblin is going to, first of all, they need to see if they can actually do anything. That was a two. That goblin hurts itself in its confusion. Nice as one seems to be trying to run toward Luca and then trips. And in the glowing light, as they actually get closer, you see that these small purple goblin things, you see that one of them has its like teeth bared and they are very crookedy and jagged. And it has two eyes that are kind of glowing in the glimmering light. As it gets closer, you see that its eyes are actually diamonds. Whoa. 
and it has what a what is this thing? Has a red gem right in the middle of its torso. But that is their turn. It is then your turn, Pearl. Okay, yeah, I'll make a nature check. All right, what do you want to make a nature check on? The little purple goblins or on the sun and the moon? Sun and the moon. Sun on the moon. Sun on the sun sun moon. Sun and the moon. Man, I'm that. James with a Z Taylor. Sun and the moon. You're not supposed to be here. It's nighttime. It's it's Elton John's time. Yeah. So which one would you want to find out? Yeah, what? the sun and the moon. Okay. <laughs> 18. 18. 18 is enough. You needed a 17 or more since they are new Pokemon. Uh, you were able to gather that both of these are dual rock and psychic type Pokemon. The sun and the moon are. But between you and them are the purple goblin things. And I said, Fenicini, goodbye. <laughs> As you do the old EXP switcheroo. I'm going to bring out Georgie. Bringing out George Foreman. Yeah, the whole crew is shining lately. All right. The queen has arrived uh, as she comes out all prim and proper with her little hands. And she just is so excited to be here. Just claps. Mini claps. Yes, I know, Georgie. I know you're quite a lady. (laughs) (laughs) The most British I can muster. Wow, if you guys could see that face, it's quite something. All right, so that is your turn. It is then Luca's turn, as uh, since these two small purple creatures are coming close to you all, you see Luca's shadow separate from where it should go, as <laughs> Mikey comes forth and goes after the small goblin who had uh, fallen down and hurt itself in its confusion, as he goes to put a curse on it. You think flossing your teeth is boring. But the fact is, I don't even have teeth to floss. (laughs) He doesn't have teeth, right? He's just got, like, jagged ghost teeth. Yeah, he can't floss those. They're not flossable teeth. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah, even with a good bonus, does not succeed on the DC 15 against the curse. Mummer! Wait, no, that's good. Yes. As Mikey takes six points of damage as he puts the curse on this small purple goblin, lamenting the fact that he doesn't have real teeth to floss. He would love to care about his dental hygiene, but he can't, so neither can this thing. He'd probably do a better job than me. (laughs) So that creature will take damage at the end of its turns. It is then back to the top of the order with the sun and moon Pokemon. Sun and the moon and the pokey poke poke. As the sun actually tilts to the side, so uh, it looks as though with the rays that are coming off of it are only on one side, so uh, as it tilts around, you don't really even see it, but you see it start to spin, spin like a wheel, and then it starts to, like, catch fire as it... Catch fire? Toward one of the purple creatures, the one that Luca is not dealing with as the sun Pokemon goes to use fire spin. I mean, that's fine. You can keep beating up those things, but I'm just concerned. What is this thing? It does, however, just spin out of control and past it as this Pokemon gets out of the way. But so the sun Pokemon misses with its fire spin. Uh, The moon goes to try another moon blast on that same Gabo. And however, this thing is very, very nimble and just slinking around in the shadows as it is unable to get a hit on it. Even in its confusion, it is then their turns as let's see if they can do anything. That was only a six for the one's confusion. That is (laughs) 
over there near Luca. So once again, it takes confusion damage as it just it just keeps tripping. How? You don't even have shoelaces. Welcome to my life, Velcro shoes. Oh, geez. The other one only rolled a three. That confusion has not been good for them as the second one also, uh, as it is just scurrying to get out of the way, it ends up just like bonking itself into the wall. I love it. Are they like a set or are they two of the same kind? There's two of the same ones that are like the little purple gabos, and then obviously the sun and the moon are. Is this different. my least favorite Pokemon? No, it is not an Impidimp. <laughs> I hate Impidimps. <laughs> I'm sorry for those listeners who like the Impidimp. Well, I think it's Grim Snarl that you really hate. <sighs> the evolved one. <laughs> <laughs> I no 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 no. I love it. No. But that is their turn as they are both confused. That is their last turn of confusion though as they are then snapping out of it. But it is then your turn, Pearl. I would like to use poison sting. Well, I won't go with that purple goblin that's in my way because I don't mind the sun and the moon beating up the other guys. Okay, cool. Uh, so then go ahead and roll the hit. This is new for Georgie. Unnatural 20. Unnatural 20 will hit. Ooh, George, you've been waiting on that one. Eight points of damage. Eight points of poison damage. Have to four as it resists poison. But the goblin that is nearest to you takes this hit from the poison sting. I don't like that. No, get back. We don't talk like that here. We don't talk like that here. No. Pearl, with your passive perception, I think that you do note that uh, besides the gems that make up their eyes and the one that seems to be embedded in, like, their their torsos, it seems like both of these uh, seem to be carrying some interesting stones or rocks or something or other. Ooh, I might have to raid your pockets. That is your turn. It is then uh, Luca's turn. Oh, I forgot to do the curse damage at the end of that one's turn as the one that is currently engaged with Mikey takes... Six points of ghost damage. But then on Luca's turn, he says, All right, Mikey, uh, get in there with the shadow punch. And he goes to punch at the purple gobbo. Natural 19. Proud of you. We needed that. Again, I forget that that one just does it automatically, though. Okay. <laughs> but that still, was, but again, we know that it really would have hit. It really would have. As that is 15 points of ghost damage. Nice. That's what we needed. You know... I once had a Pokemon like you. They were trash, and now they're trash king, she says to one of the goblins. <laughs> right now, you're real trash. <laughs> that was Luca's turn, though, which is going to bring us back up to the top. As they have broken out of their confusion, once again, you hear that warbling, awful screeching coming into your minds from the sun. Wisdom save. 22. 22. Definitely succeeds. Mikey also succeeds. The one that he has been battling succeeds, and the one that is nearest to you fails and is confused. That is the sun's turn. As the moon tries something different, since uh, these moon blasts have not been working, instead, these just sort of glowing gems, uh, it raises up from the ground, and then, doo, 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 like bullets, it shoots them toward the goblin. Wow, we got a lot of gems in here. We should check this out. Again, this thing is so small and nimble that it skitters out of the way as the moon is unable to hit it. Then the gobos, the one that's engaged with you, roll the six. It can't do anything on its turn. And the one that is engaged with Luca goes to do a faint attack 
unnatural 20 will hit as Mikey takes 12 double to 24 points of dark damage. Wow, these things are powerful. Mikey's looking a little worse for wear. Makes sense after that big aerial battle. Yeah, that is their turn though, and Pearl, you are up. Fell Stinger. Ooh, Fell Stinger. George, what? 20, unnatural. Unnatural 20 does hit. This thing is very small and very hard to pin down, but Georgie is able to connect with this hit. 19 points of damage. Ooh. Powerful. 19 points of bug damage. A good hit on this thing. Do you want to do anything with your bonus action? Oh, sure. I'll Pokedex the ones I don't know. Pokedex the the little goblins? Sure. So you scan these little purple goblins with your Pokedex, and it says, Sableye, the darkness Pokemon. Sableye digs the ground with sharpened claws to find rocks that it eats. Substances in the eaten rocks crystallize and rise up to the Pokemon's body surface. Sableye lead quiet lives deep inside caverns. They are feared, however, because these Pokemon are thought to steal the spirits of people when their eyes burn with a sinister glow in the darkness. What? Pearl just looks at looks at a Pokemon. Just that, that simply. What? I mean it. What? You can hear me? Yes. What? 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 No. That ringing in your ears fades and you don't hear your Pokedex speak anymore. She drops it. <laughs> there are a lot of things happening in this cave, Luca. Yep, yep, seems like it, seems like it. That is your turn, though, as Luca says, all, all right, you know what? Go ahead and just keep on, keep up with the shadow punch. That seems like it's working. That is 16 more points from that shadow punch. Rolled max damage on that. And then also it takes the curse damage at the end of their turn. So a total of 22 16 plus 6 points of ghost damage as this thing seems to be on its last legs and uh, skittering around. We gotta make some progress before they suck our soul? What? How is that right? Come on. It is then the sun and moon Pokemon's turn. As the sun, I think, continues its its flaming spin, uh, it wheels around and then it sort of wheels back toward the purple goblin trying to hit it with another fire spin. But again, it's very small, very dexterous, and very nimble and just keeps on ducking out of the way uh, as it seems like uh, there's a reason that this fight has been going on for a while between these two groups of Pokemon. It is then the moon who once again goes for a uh, power gem attack and just barely misses with a 17. High AC on these things. Then on the Sableye's turn, the one that is not confused is going to... (laughs) Oh, of course. Why haven't you been doing that the whole time? I forgot that was a bonus action. Shadow Sneak and Faint Attack. The Shadow Sneak does miss, though, with an 11. But Faint Attack hits with an unnatural 20. 11 doubled to 22 super effective points of dark damage against Mikey. And Mikey is in the red, looking very wispy, very bad. Poor Mikey. The Sableye, who is in front of you, only rolls a six on his confusion, so it hurts itself. As those confusion rolls have been just killer. Oh, yeah. But Pearl, it is your turn. This thing is looking pretty rough in front of you, and you see again it's holding this little crystally looking thing. We'll do Fell Stinger again. Fell Stinger. Roll to hit. 18. 18 does hit. Just barely. That is its AC. 15 points of damage. 15 points of damage and the Sableye. Both of them look really, really roughed up, and they actually seem like they are uh, 
getting ready to skitter away and try and make their escape potentially. But that is your turn. Then I think that Luca is going to, uh, he's, he's curious. He's curious about whatever these things are. So he says, hey, uh, Pearl, I'm going to try to nab this one. These, these things, uh, uh, something seems weird about them. So he's going to roll to try to catch one with a great ball. You can do it, Luca. As he goes to try to throw this uh, great ball at him, as it makes contact with this thing, which seems to be really on its last legs, sucks it up into it, and it falls to the ground. It shakes once. It shakes twice. It shakes a third time. And then the Pokemon bursts out. It seems like he was really, really close. Bummer. He's like, ah, thought I had it. Sun and the moon. As the sun continues whipping around with this flame wheel, that's a two. The moon just fires a blast haphazardly. That is a seven. I, they're so, wow. They have decent bonuses. They've got decent ads. I'm sorry, honey. It's okay. Not your fault. But that is their turn. The Sableye, feeling like they're defeated, are going to try to, uh, since it seems as though maybe the sun and the moon are going to be distracted uh, with you all here, they're going to try to make their escape. On the way, uh, the one, well, let's see if it hits at all. Nope, the one is still confused. Just kidding. The one that's with you is very confused, and it looks like it is just on the edge. Yeah, you better run. It is unable to attack on its turn because it failed its confusion roll. But the other one on its way out is going to uh, try to hit the sun with the old shadow sneak faint attack. That was a two. Nope. With advantage, a 10 plus 5, 16 oh. is its AC, though, so it misses. Oh, wow. But the one is uh, attempting to scurry away and is actually just kind of like the sun stops in front of it and just glares down at it. But that is their turn. Pearl, you're up. They both attempted to try to uh, make a crafty little escape, but neither of them is actually gone yet. The one in front of you looks very, very bad and tripped, fell in his confusion, so I was confused. Uh, And then the other one attempted to try to attack the sun Pokemon on its way out, uh, but failed and is now kind of stuck there. Can I make a roll to determine what that thing is? Uh, I'd let you make a uh, just a real quick investigation check to see if you can tell what this thing has on it. 19. 19. Flat. Uh, with a 19, you see it has like a small gemstone-like orb in its hand that seems to have some sort of like glowing energy of some sort in it. But with a 19, you know for a fact that this is something that you have never seen before, what it is holding. Because you got a 19, you can make a history check. My history check is two. Two? No idea what it is, and you know for a fact that it's something you've never seen before. I would like to catch it then. Okay. I'm going to use a great ball. Okay, great ball to try to catch it. Mm-hmm. 29. 29 with the great ball. Yeah. Boom. You throw your great ball after the Sableye as it is uh, going to try to scurry away. Uh, it is shaking off the last of its confusion. As it goes to try to scramble past this moon Pokemon who's just looking down at it, uh, you throw the Great Ball, which makes contact with it as it gets sucked up into it with this beam of red energy. And before the moon Pokemon, who just looks down at the Great Ball as this happens, it falls to the ground. And on the floor of the cavern, it shakes once. It shakes twice. It shakes once more. And the Great Ball clicks. Booyah! As you have caught the Sableye. I got one, Luca. We can investigate it. Okay, nice. I'm just going to take this other one out then. Or you can catch it. Okay, yeah. It looks like it's on its way out anyway. Why not? And he's going to go to throw one more great ball. <laughs> They're siblings. 
Oh, hey. What did he roll? Natural 18. Nice. Plus a lot as uh, this one other Sableye is just standing in front of this sun Pokemon, who again is just glaring down at it. Uh, and while it's not even looking, Luca just like pings it in the back with this great ball. It gets sucked up, falls to the ground. It shakes once, it shakes twice, shakes one more time, and it also clicks. Woo! Let's say I'm Tweedledee and Tweedledum. <laughs> Done. <laughs> as that happens... The two extraterrestrial-looking Pokemon just sort of look down at the balls. They just look up at you. They're floating up. They're just hovering in the air, levitating. And they look down at the balls, and they look at each other, and they look at you. Sputnik sent us. They squint and just sort of hover near to each other as you hear like a... As they move around. And they just, for a second, position themselves between you and the glowing orb on the other side of them. Can I scan them? Sure. Which one would you like first? The moon! You scan the crescent moon-looking Pokemon with your Pokedex, and it says, Lunatone, the meteorite Pokemon. Lunatone was discovered at a location where a meteorite fell. As a result, some people theorize that this Pokemon came from space. However, no one has been able to prove this theory so far. Lunatone becomes active around the time of the full moon. Instead of walking, it moves by floating in midair using telekinesis. This Pokemon's intimidating red eyes cause all those who see it to become transfixed with fear. What good are you? She shouts in her head. <laughs> and then you scan the sun one? Mm-hmm. You scan the sun one, and your Pokedex says, Solrock, the meteorite Pokemon. Solrock is a new species of Pokemon that is said to have fallen from space. It floats in the air and moves silently. In battle, this Pokemon releases intensely bright light. Yeah, what good are you? Also, I found the second half of the Solrock Again, entry. what good are you? In her head. Good enough to find the second half of the Solrock entry. Sunlight is the source of Solrock's power. It is said to possess the ability to read the emotions of others. This Ooh. Pokemon gives off intense heat while rotating its body. Glad you found the second part because that actually had something useful in it. Thank you. Don't talk to me. What? 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 <sighs> <laughs> Luke is like, why are you yelling at the thing? It just, it just read the entry. Wait, are you in my brain too now? What? What? <laughs> <laughs> but they are just looking at you and have positioned themselves in a sort of defensive stance between you and what I think you can safely assume is the wishing star. Probably just raise your hand. Um, Hi. I So I know you can read my emotions She points to the moon It just like kind of bobs up and down in the air a little bit As it's looking at you with its big red eyes Luca, I don't want to fight these things But I think they're protecting the star Yeah, yeah, it seems that way What uh, should we do? Well, I mean, if they're protecting it, that's probably good, right? Oh, I think it's great I mean, if Tweedledee and Tweedledum here were trying to steal it or something Mm-hmm Okay Mm-hmm So... Yeah, maybe maybe if we, if we could communicate to them that we're cool, we don't want to steal it, but we just, like, I mean, we do need it. Maybe we roll Tweedledee and Tweedledum to them. Like, roll the Pokeballs to yeah. them? Yeah. Follow my lead. And she rolls the Pokeball over, staying where she's at. You you roll the Pokeballs over. You don't click the thing for them to open, no. but you just roll it over. Yeah. The two extraterrestrial Pokemon sort of, like, rev revolt scared. at that. Yeah they, yeah. they They jolt back a little bit and just, like, look down at them angrily. You see, like, a bit of this energy charging at the tip of the crescent, like uh, the Lunatone is ready to just unleash a moon blast if it needs to. 
and there's a bit of uh, just wispy flames on the edges of the saw rock as they're looking down, but then nothing happens. Um, They seem confused. We we tried to take care of them. They look back up at you and squint. They both float over and come directly in front of the two of you. Hi. Um, when in doubt, show the flower. So she gets Shaman's flower out. Make a animal handling check. Okay. Oh, ten. They just seem confused by this flower. Yeah. Almost as if they don't know what it is. That's fair. That's fair. She puts it back in her backpack. Huh. I mean, do you think they know Sputnik? As these things are just like floating directly in front of your faces right now. I feel like they have to. Okay. Um, they probably don't call him Spudnik, though, I guess, right? LGM. They seem to like kind of like towards you a little bit when you say that. LGM, and she just with her hands makes like friend motion. They both kind of nod a little bit. Oh, um, we like LGM. They're nodding a little bit. We are sent by LGM. Oh, I wish we had a picture of LGM. Uh, oh, it's on my pull. Oh, it's, I didn't develop the film yet. Of Trico. <laughs> I mean, what, do you need some, like, scratch paper or something? Yeah, sure. Great. And she starts to draw LGM. Okay, you, you go to draw LGM. You, you finish the drawing, and you, you show it, and you, you put it up in front of their, well, their all face, but you know what I mean. Yes. <laughs> As you put it in front of them. Both of them, uh, the sun with its top point and the moon with the tip of the crescent, just like poke the paper, like indicating, like, yes, we know what that is, a sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, and Pearl then nods her head and points to it with the paper. Yeah, this is good. Let's just tap the paper. This is good. They like tap it more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pearl does as well. They go like, <laughs> and eventually, like the tip of the sun just pokes, pokes through the, the paper, paper by accident. That's funny. <laughs> as it as it then like comes back a little bit, like oh, it's kind of embarrassed. You want some chocolate? And she lays out some chocolate to him. Pearl and her peace trees with these Pokemon, man. <laughs> they look down at it and they look up at each other, confused. The Lunatone, like its little, just kind of beak thing that it has in the middle of the crescent opens up a little bit, but it doesn't seem like it has a way to, like, get to the chocolate. As uh, it goes down, it's, like, kind Pearl, of still inside the little Pearl crescent. will gladly hand feed that little moon some chocolate. It is scrumptious. So the aliens say... They seem to both just like you can almost feel these sort of like psychic waves like going between the two of them as they communicate somehow. Make an insight check. Sure. 18. With an 18, the Lunatone seems to like it very much, which makes the Saw Rock sad because it does not have a mouth. Aww. <laughs> Poor little Saw Rock. <laughs> okay, Luca, this is going well. Okay, um, so. Uh, do you all want us to, to? Do you want us to take you to him? Take you oh, to your yeah. leader? Yeah, yeah, we can take you to your potato. Your potato leader. And they both bob up and down in the air a little bit more with that. Great. We just need to take the wishing star too, and then she Pearl will draw Jirachi. Ooh, okay. You draw Jirachi, uh, and you, again, present this paper, and once again, there is an immediate look of recognition. <gasps> Pearl gives Jirachi the paper a big hug. Oh, Jirachi, can't wait to meet you. Wow, wow, wow. 
they seem to nod up and down a little bit more and, and seem to understand that you have some sort of relationship with, with both LGM and Jirachi. You were working on gaining their trust. Go ahead and roll another animal handling check. Advantage this time because all of the things that you're putting out. <laughs> putting a lot of good vibes out. <laughs> good vibes. Putting them good vibes. 19. 19. With a 19, uh, especially after you show the drawing of Jirachi, they kind of give some more space and are no longer directly in yours and Luca's faces. I love their lack for personal space. There is none. Pearl loves that. <laughs> uh, but both of them sort of levitate their way back and position themselves on each side of the wishing star down the hallway a little ways. It's beautiful. Yeah. Do you think they like they want us to go to it now? They kind of gave us the space to move to it. Yeah, let's try. Maybe they have to lift it up or something. You walk over to the wishing star. As you approach it, you see that it is about the size of a softball. Hmm. The actual main core of it that has these... I don't want to say spikes coming off of it because they're not very pointy, but they're kind of these these rounded edges uh, and that come off all over, not just in a circle around it in one direction, like the saw rock has its uh, things coming off, yes. but just like all over, there are these pieces of it that just kind of shoot out, but they all have these nice, soft, rounded edges uh, as it seems like uh, maybe pieces of it have gotten broken off or whatever and, you know, things as it has uh, fallen down to earth and, and crashed and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, the edges have been softened. As you and Luca approach it, uh, you get close enough to almost touch it and you feel just a wave of this like warm, positive energy just come out from it and just sort of engulf you a bit. Go ahead and roll a D100. Oh, didn't see that coming. 67. This burst of warmth is enough to take it over the edge. As in the incubator in your <gasps> backpack. No way! <laughs> I asked about him and I, I whined a little bit at the beginning of this session about my egg. No way! <laughs> As you were very, very close, and this this burst of this warm and powerful <gasps> I'm energy. So excited! Has gotten you an extra roll and not had to wait for the next dawn. I but you feel a bit of movement in the incubator in your backpack. Georgie, stop it. We don't have honey in there. Ooh. Georgie? Ooh. Wait, you're right in front of me. Ooh. Ooh. What's going on? And she, she takes off her backpack. You take off your backpack and you see the little incubator poking out and you see that it is wiggling. <gasps> Luke is grabbing his out too. He's like, oh, whoa, hey, whoa, what's going on? Whoa. We set him down and we take a step back. Do you take the eggs out of the incubators? Is that what you're supposed to do, Luca? Yeah, you, yeah, no, no, no. You've no, done you, this before. No, yeah, you want to hold them so that they imprint. What? I love it. So do you take the egg out um, there? 1,000%. <laughs> I need this little pokey to love me for the rest of its life. All right. So you take out your little white egg with its uh, blue and red uh, geometric shapes all over it. And Luca takes out his green egg with its red and uh, dark green sort of diamondy shapes on it. And both of you uh, hold these eggs with this uh, light and warmth coming off of the wishing star. It's almost like they're in a little egg, like an, an extra incubator as they have that last bit of warmth coming on them. Uh, and as they were making sounds, getting ready to hatch all of the things that you normally see in the video games. We cut to the graphic of the like tink, tink, yes. tink, with the little poking out of the eggs. You see a little crack come across it. 
a little crack come across the other side, and you see a little zigzag go across the top as... Out of the sides, two little arm nubbins come out, and out of the bottom, two little feet nubbins come out as your togepi hatches. Her eyes go so big, big heart eyes. I love this little person, little thing, little bobber, little eggin. Is it a girl? Is it a boy? Girl. <gasps> I wow, Coco and the girls. Sheesh, gabish, Coco. I love her. And then, as it is looking at you with just these eyes of like, I guess this is my mom. <laughs> yeah! yeah! Oh, wow. Pearl loves eggs. <laughs> oh, yes. At the same time, you see that with Luca, he's been holding this egg, uh, which uh, instead of the togepi, which is really still mostly egg, and it's just yes. kind of poking out of it, yes. uh, over where Luca is, his egg just like... <laughs> Like little bits break out as like a little fist punches out and then like a little tail like out of the backside and then ah, the whole egg just kind of bursts open as this tiny green little dinosaur looking thing pops out. Oh, she's beautiful. Lucas says as his larvatar hatches. As soon as y'all felt the eggs moving and beginning to hatch, he let Tufus out of his Pokeball to be there for this moment. And as she looks up at Luca, looks up at Tufus, the Croconaw has a look of, Right, this is mine. This is my kid. Ha! Aww, wow, that's a great pick for him. Both of these Pokemon, since they hatched in the light of the Wishing Star, We'll start with plus one loyalty for Thank each of you. Thank you, Jonah. I'm so excited. I love this. I love the sweet little eggs. It makes my heart feel all fuzzy. They have a warm glow about them as well uh, as the Sol Rock and Lunatone watch observe this happening. I give my little Togepi the biggest hug. Togepi! Potogopi and Larvitar have hatched, and the wishing star is before you. The Solrock and Lunatone just wait for what you want to do next. Luke is preoccupied for a moment with his new beautiful dino child. <laughs> he says, well, what are you going to name yours, Pearl? Do you know yet? No, it's so cute. Maybe like just cuteness times 10,000. What's cuteness backwards? Eat to cookie. Satuk? Satanuk? It's not a good nickname. What would be cute spelled backwards? E Tuck. E Tuck. Sure, sure. What do you think it's spelled backwards, Luga? Well, no, I mean, that is what it is spelled backwards. I was just sort of thinking E-tuck. of that as a, a, a cute nickname. You do whatever you want to do. Oh, I just. Also, no pressure to come up with something right now. It's just I you're usually know. quick on the draw with these I things. Know. Elmer is actually what I really want to call it because of Elmer's glue. The colors make me think of like the first day of school. I think I'm going to name her Elmer. Oh, oh, that's nice. I like that. Thanks. Um, I don't know if you ever, you know, in Boeing school on the first day of school, you get all your school supplies and there was this glue and stuff named Elmer and it has like the colors of the Togepi. Oh, well, that's nice. Elmer. I like that. Give another big squeeze. The little Togepi just squeezes you back to sweet, sweet little baby oh egg. Oh my gosh, 
pushing the little arms and the little knobbins. <laughs> what are you going to name yours? I think I'm going to call her Zilla. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, she's going to be big. <laughs> she's going to be really big. Mine's going to be pocket-sized. <laughs> I love that. It's going to be a big pocket, but... Ugh. And he, like, takes a second uh, to adjust. She's really heavy, though. Um, so do you, uh, want to carry this thing out of here, I guess? The star? Yeah, I mean... Sure. Do you want to hold it? Should I? I don't know what you want. I don't know. I'm scared to touch it. I feel like these, these Pokemon are going to be upset. I'm almost kind of wanting them to touch it and take it out. I kind of think maybe the whole thing is that they don't have hands. Oh, good point, good point, good point, good point. Okay, um, and she puts Elmer in her backpack... All right, you do it full out. Misty style. Exactly. Full Misty I've style. I've wanted this for a really long time, you guys. I love, love, love Togepi. <laughs> um, and I don't even know, like, I don't even know what Togepi does, to be quite honest, you guys. I just never got to play as a kid, so I'm just very excited to have one and put it in my backpack. <laughs> Elmer. Elmer. Um, I love her. I really love it. I love that name so much. And Pearl touches the wishing star. There is a warm glow to it, but it seems to uh, not be like white hot or, or burn or anything as you touch it. And the uh, Sol Rock and Lunatone are just looking at you expectantly. It seems like this is cool. This cool. is a fine thing to do. Cool. Okay, Luca, I think we're good. Okay, well, let's uh, let's get out of here then, I guess. I think we're at the end of our rope, like, literally. Oh. As he kind of pulls in, you, you, you do note that your little ropes are, are, are quite taut. <laughs> he pulls them and then um, it starts, his feet start to drag back. Like, oh, no, we're, we're fine. We're <laughs> fine. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Come on, guys. And she mentions uh, it to the star in the moon. They just look at you for a moment as you pick up the wishing star and start walking out. And they kind of not shrug, but just. Give one little bounce in the air, looking at each other, and then nice. float after. Spudnik's going to have some friends, Luca. Oh, man, he's going to be pumped. This is going to be so great. And with that, you all make your way back to the entrance of this cave to reconnect with Detective Reynolds and Lewis. I'm so excited that Spudnik's going to have friends. And that's where we'll end this episode. Yay!
Hey, Daniel here from the Happy Go Lucky Podcast. The show you've just been listening to is part of the new and upcoming Podicon Go podcasting network. What is Podicon Go, you ask? We're a group of independent creators that are committed to creating, distributing, and supporting content that is clean, fun, and appropriate for all ages. Thank you for listening. Be sure to hit subscribe and show your love for this show with a five-star review. Every time you do, you're helping to support family-friendly content for everyone to enjoy. Postcards from Poa and Crush Company Jr.